0: Pastor Javon will continue with our series called Money Perspective this morning, where we'll see God's wisdom when it comes to financial planning. Take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's
1: service. Um, All right, I'm going to read this morning from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 10. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with a good wine. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Lord, we are humbled to be here in this house this morning with, with this church. Father God, to know the testimonies that are represented here. And to think about what is to come, Father God. The many more stories in which you are going to make a way. Lord, all we have to do is trust in you to seek you. So this morning I pray that we would surrender this time and surrender our hearts to what you have for us. Lord, I pray that you'd be with Pastor Javen, that you would anoint him and the words that come out of his mouth. Lord, free us from distractions. Help us to put everything aside, Father God, and help us to focus on what you have to say for us. Fill us up today so we can go about our way this week and Take your spirit with us and continue to abide in your presence, Father God, as we minister to the world outside who needs you so desperately, Father God. Lord, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Have you ever used an app to log in the calories that you take in when you eat or the food that you get? Have you ever ever used one? I've used one of those a couple times in my life whenever the doctor told me, Javen, your blood work tells me that you need to lose a little bit of weight. So, I, I did that, and uh, and so, um, but it's for me. Here's here's what happens when you when you take the time to to kind of log what you're doing, you see the calories that you're bringing in, right? And and if you put a limit on your calories to get you down to a certain weight, then you realize you better take precious account of what you're eating, right? Because it, it just keeps you in, on track with it. So for me, this for me, this was kind of what I live by when I do this. It's my it's my saying, all right? So. So I tell myself, Javen, when you take the time to put it in your log, you're less likely to eat like a hog. That's my line. That's what, that's for me. That's what I do. We started this series a couple, uh, a few weeks ago uh, called Money Perspective, where we looked at the idea that we're, you know, making, trying to make proper space to have the proper perspective, to properly understand money, biblically. Um, So we started this a few weeks ago, we took a pause last week as Pastor Caleb came and and shared uh, from the book of Daniel with us, which uh, I appreciate him doing so much as setting us up. Really, he didn't realize this, but setting us up for where we're going after this series. Um, and I'm excited about that, by the way. But when we started this one a few weeks ago, first week we said that we have to change our perspective from understanding that where we think we own things, right, because we have papers and titles and stuff like that that tell us we own things, but we have to shift our perspective from understanding or thinking that we own things to God owns it all. God owns everything and he has entrusted us with what we have. And we are stewards. We manage what God has blessed us with and how we steward, how we manage. God will reward based on that. And we said that God, if we manage well, we steward well, God will reward us with more trust He rewards with more opportunity. But also if we mismanage, then we don't just mismanage the resources that God has given us. We mismanage his trust in us which is a difficult thing to take on. Week two, we said that we need to shift our perspective from, I like it, I love it, I want some more of it, to, I'm thankful, I'm blessed, I don't need it. We said we can learn, like the the apostle Paul told us, we can learn to be content. And just enjoy the life that we have. We, Paul even said, he said, godliness, we strive for godliness. We want godliness in our life. We want to be more like God in the character of God. We know we can't be God. That's not our goal, but we want to be like God and grow in him. And Paul said that godliness with contentment is great gain. That's true wealth. That's true riches, uh, Paul says, not true witches. Okay, that's a totally different thing. It's true riches, right? So so we we can gain that. So that's why we need to focus on what we pursue. Instead of pursuing more stuff in our life, we need to put all of our energy on pursuing more of God and pursuing more of him in our life. This week, we're going to shift our perspective. Very practical week this week, okay? Y'all ready to get practical? We're going to shift our perspective from thinking that planning is boring and restrictive to planning is essential and freeing. And all the planners get excited and all the non-planners are like, right? I mean, it's because you, you if there's ever any area of tension that divides a, a group of people so It's between planners and non-planners. You, rare, you very rarely find people who just kind of go through the middle of the road, right? Either, either, you either plan or you don't plan. I mean, that's kind of the life you live. And for those of you, it's when, you when you know I'm talking about money, so you're thinking, okay, we're talking about financial perspective financial planning, some of you are getting really excited about this. You're like, I want all the bar graphs, all the line charts, all the, all the pie graphs. I want it all. Get up. Some of you are like the person in this picture. You're sitting across the table, uh, from someone and you're talking to them about your plan. You got a big smile on your face. Some of you are like that person. You're so excited. Some of us were like this other person sitting on the other side of the table and we're just looking at them like, I don't get it. What, what are you talking about? Not, not excited at all about planning. Look at the wisdom from Solomon in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5. He said, good planning and hard work lead to what? Prosperity. But hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. Let me give you Javon's translation of that. Javon's translation. Flying by the seat of your britches doesn't pay off. All right. That's my translation. It it doesn't pay to just try to just go willy nilly through life, right? We got to, we got to plan. So the first place that we should think about this and we should do this is we should seek wisdom. And why not seek wisdom from the one that we said in week one owns it all. The one who is the creator of all, the one we're told to seek first by Jesus. The one we're told to pursue. Remember we said this two weeks ago. We said what we pursue matters. Because what we pursue, it shows where our desire is. It shows where where what we love and what we love has power over us. James, the brother of Jesus, he said, he made this statement. We see in James chapter one, verse five. He said, if any of you lacks wisdom, that's all of us. That's every, if you didn't know, that's every single person in this room watching online. We lack wisdom. If you think no, I don't. I've got plenty of wisdom. Then you you lack wisdom. You also lack humility. Okay, so if any of us lacks wisdom, and I'll add humility to that. I'm not adding to the Bible, but I believe that would line up with Scripture. You should ask God. It's that simple, right? God, I'm dumb right now. (laughs) I need wisdom. I need help. And watch this. I love this. Who gives generously? And watch this to all without finding fault. Some translations say without rebuke and it will be given to you. In other words, God knows we mess up and God doesn't look at us and rebuke us for how many times we've messed up before we asked him for wisdom. He doesn't find fault with us as a human being because of how many times we messed up before we came to him and started asking for wisdom. James, the brother of Jesus, says, just ask him and he will give you wisdom. He'll give you wisdom. Proverbs, Proverbs chapter uh, 2, verse 6, right before the passage of scripture that Jenny read this morning it says, For the Lord grants wisdom. The Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He went on in chapter three to talk about us pursuing wisdom. And in chapter three, as well as in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 16, he makes this statement. He says, how much better to get wisdom than gold. We want gold. I'll take some gold. Give me some gold. Solomon says, how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment, the ability to discern and make wise decisions than silver, right? How much better to get those things? You heard it in our text this morning that Jenny read for us. Trust in the Lord. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't be impressed by your own wisdom. Seek him. Seek his wisdom because his wisdom is far greater than anything on our own. But here's the thing about wisdom. Wisdom is not tangible. You can't just go to a store and pick up wisdom off the shelf. We wish we could. You're know, like, David, I go to Hobby Lobby and I buy a bunch of pictures and frames with these cool wise sayings. That's not wisdom. It's they're wise sayings, but that's We can't tangibly go buy wisdom, right? But yet we're told, get Wisdom. Get it? Wisdom is knowing, it's not just knowing something, it's understanding what we know and how to apply what we know. And God can give us wisdom to understand the knowledge that we have in every area of our life, and that includes our finances. See, wisdom can help us leverage every financial blessing in our life for the better. it can help us leverage those. And if we're going to be wise with our money, we have to actually start controlling where our money goes and having a plan for our money. Remember flying by the sea of your britches doesn't pay off, right? Which is what some of us do. Our financial plan is just financial habits. And financial habits, where it might be a financial plan, it's not a great financial plan. See, plans should provide purpose. There's a passage of scripture uh, in Psalms. It's either Psalm 90 or 92, but Moses is writing this Psalm, actually. And in it, he says, teach us to number our days so that we may gain wisdom. See, plans bring purpose. Purpose. When you make a plan for your time, your talents, your treasure, or your financial blessings, the things that you have. When you make a plan for those, you are able to make the most of and do the most good with what you've been given. So make a plan for your time. Plan your time. Because when you plan your time, you make a purpose for it and you make the most of it and you do the most good with it. Make a plan for your talents, the abilities God has given you, because when you make a plan to grow in those and use those well, you make a plan to get the most out of them and do the most good with them. Make a plan for your finances, because when you do that, you are making a plan to get the most out of and do the most good with your plan, your finances. Mint Life did a study, and they asked 1,500 people questions about their finances, and from these questions, they learned that 65% of people had no clue how much money they spent the previous month. That's a lot of people didn't know where their money went, right? That's hard for me to understand. They didn't know where their money went. They, they Their studies show that on average, Americans overspend $7,500 a year. And they made this deep, genuine, I mean, deep, just amazing statement. Now I want to tell you one of, one of the passages in Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon makes this statement. He says, don't let go of common sense. Okay, <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people letting go of common sense out there in the world. Okay, so don't let go of common sense. Listen to this common sense statement that meant life. Said. They said, for many, whether they have enough income or struggling to make ends meet, listen, turning a blind eye to money is not the wisest financial decision. You think, right? I mean, it's, it, it's, there's no good excuse for not knowing where your money's going. There's a lot of mystery in life. Where you spent your money shouldn't be a mystery. <laughs> there should be no mystery there. Going back to my opening, you were wondering what in the world me talking about my diet had anything to do with finances. Remember, Javin, when you take time to put in your log, you're less likely to eat it like, eat like a hog. Now, the same works for money. Because watch this, when you write down where it goes, you see what it shows about you, about your heart, about what's happening in your life. See, we flash back to week one from the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter six. He said, where your treasure is, you remember that? That's where your heart is also. So in other words, where your money is going, your money is going where your heart is. If you don't like the direction of where your heart is going, if you don't like the location of your heart, then we may have to start changing the direction of our money and where our money goes. Listen, there's no doubt that shortage of money can cause a problem in people's lives. I get it. Inflation and no pay raises or whatever. It can cause a shortage, but I would venture, I'm not, I don't bet, not, you know, if I was a betting man, you loves that phrase, right? I'd be willing to say that the majority of us in this room, it's not that we don't have enough money. That's not our problem. And in, in, in reality, more money, more problems, right? But if we, it's not that we don't have more money, it's we have, we don't have enough self-control. We're, we don't have enough contentment and we don't have enough discipline. And here's, here's the thing too, when, when if we just get more money, you know what happens? We spend the more money we get. <laughs> like, yes, I got more money. Let's spend it. Right? But we can, we can break that by reordering, reprioritizing our finances. Creating a system, watching it. If we don't like where it's going, Changing it. And you you know exactly what I'm talking about. You say, Jamin, you're talking about a budget. I've heard that word before. I do that. I know that. A budget, we, we know what a budget does, right? A budget tries to assume a specific future. Nobody can guess the future, right? But a budget helps us try to plan and guide us towards that future. But a budget only works if you actually manage the budget. This is where God's wisdom comes in and operates in our life. So seek God in your plan, but don't just seek God's wisdom in your plan. Seek God's wisdom in evaluating your plan. Experience in life doesn't matter unless you evaluate the experience you have. Because it's when you evaluate is when you learn from. So seek God's wisdom in the planning, but seek God's wi- wisdom in evaluating the planning as well. Now, very simply, let's just make this very practical, right? And, and remember this, if you don't seek God's wisdom in this thing, what you're doing is you're communicating that you have more pride in your own understanding. That's what Solomon said. So we're seeking God's wisdom very practically in making your plan, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be crazy spreadshe- spreadsheets and and this big complex budget and those types of things. Just start if you've never started before. Start practically with understanding. I've got money that's committed to be spent, and then I've got money that's spendable. Okay. And the money that's committed to be spent, you know, that's our taxes. If you have debt, that's your debt. If you have bills, that's your bills. But one thing we need to know, too, is not all those bills are necessarily need to have commitments because you got things nowadays like and you don't don't throw stuff at me. You got streaming services. You've got subscription boxes. Right. You, you know, keeping those wardrobes fancy and new and fresh. You know, we think these are commitments we have to have. Those aren't necessarily must do commitments. Right. Man, it's getting really quiet in here. (laughs) But I do do want to challenge us on two things that I believe, scripturally and and through the wisdom of God, are must-do commitments in our life. All right? If we're going to reorder, reprioritize our finances, it starts with seeking first the kingdom of God. We seek God first. We put God first in every area of our life. And the kingdom of God is also an others' first kingdom. Jesus told us that. And then Paul reiterated it in Philippians 2. And he said to consider others over yourself to be like Christ. So we put God first and it's an others first kingdom, often with our finances. How do we prioritize our finances? Me, then others and God. But just like with everything in our life, I believe we take that scripturally to the whole aspect of our life. And we flip that and we say, God, think about others and then take care of yourself. And I truly believe that when you put the wisdom of God at work, and through the practice that I've been that I've seen in my own life and many other life, God takes care of you. In fact, Jesus said that when you seek God first, all those things you worry about, this is essentially what he said in Matthew chapter six all those things you worry about, the clothes, the food, all that stuff, he takes care of it. When you put him first, he takes care of everything you worry about. The opening text that Jenny read this morning, Solomon said in Proverbs 3, 9, he said, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. See, I see, I think one of the first must do commitments in our life should be our giving and how we give. I believe it's scripture. We honor God with that. And we give him our best, our first. Because when we do that, we're making a statement that says, God, I trust you more than I trust all that I have. And it's two, we're saying, God, I'm putting you first in faith and everything. I'm not going to bring you my Leftovers. But often that's what we do. Now, I like leftovers when it comes to food. It gives me something to eat for lunch the next day. But but when it comes to our giving, I believe scripturally God's wisdom speaks to giving first. And I know where the minds go. The minds go to tithing. And you're probably thinking, I knew when he started talking about money, I knew he was going to talk somewhere about tithing. First of all, I want to say you are some giving people. This church is a giving bunch of people. And I believe God honors and, and honors that. But I do believe that, tithe, that tithing is the wisdom of God. That when we tithe, we're implementing the wisdom of God in our life. You know, when, when tithing started, the principle of tithing started long before God even began to talk about the law to Moses. In Genesis chapter 14, we see where Abraham gave a tenth. He gave a tithe of his blessings. In Genesis chapter 28, we see that that Jacob made a declaration that he would always give a tithe, a tenth of his blessings in obedience to God. And some say that tithing is not in the New Testament. That Well, you know, it went out with the Old Testament. And a lot of times we like to take the things we don't want to do and put that in. But we say that's not in the New Testament. But I want to show you it is. And it came out of the mouth of Jesus. Matthew 23, 23. Jesus is rebuking the Pharisees. And he says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law, you Pharisees, you hypocrites. He says, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens. In other words, you get all these, everything you get, the biggest income, biggest Uh, profit you get, and their profit came in many different ways in that time. From the biggest, all the way down to the smallest little thing, you give a tenth of it. Legalistically. And then he says this. But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. But look at this next statement. You should tithe. Yes. But do not neglect the more important things. Because for Jesus, just like every teaching he did and every te- most every teaching he did when it talked about finances and he talked about money, it was all about the heart. And for the Pharisees, they were doing legalistically what they should do in tithing. But it was all about look at me and look how good I obey the law. It wasn't about what am I doing for others? What am I doing to honor God? And Jesus is saying you should participate in tithing because that is the wisdom of God for the blessings of your life. But your heart needs to honor God in every aspect of your life. Not just the tithe, not just legalistically to say, hey, look, God, I'm doing this. But every aspect of your life needs to honor God. See, what we see happening throughout scripture is this percentage giving mentality. It's formed in the mind of people and the followers of God. And they determined first and foremost, they were going to give a percentage to God. And for them, tithing was that percentage. A tenth was that percentage. But don't let just one in ten, giving God one in ten things be the whole concept for you. It's about giving first to God. And putting God first. again, this is a principle that I've applied in my life since the time I was young and a child because my parents taught me the value of this. Jenny and I do this, and we give to the first we give to the church first because I believe scripturally that's what we're called to do. The, the Israelites took it to the temple in the New Testament they, when the churches were planted, they would bring the giving to the leaders at the church. because the church was to do the ministry of God. And so that's what we do. But we strive because Jesus took everything and he took it up a notch. He said, <laughs> he said you heard, don't kill. A lot of you are good at don't killing. <laughs> Some people struggle with that. But a lot of you are good at not murdering someone else. But Jesus said, I'm going to take it up a notch. I also tell you, don't hate. A lot of us are, are, are bad at that. He said, you've heard heard it said, don't commit adultery. Jesus said, I tell you, don't even lust. See, Jesus took things and he took them up a notch. So we strive to give not just 10%, but to give above that when we can. And as often as we can. So... But I want to tell you this, because if you're thinking, Javen, you're talking about this, and you're just trying to get me to give money to the church. If that's what you think, please do not give your money here. Because Paul also teaches us to not give out of pressure and not give reluctantly. And if there's a battle there with trust or a battle there in in your heart with God, but my concern for you is your heart, is your life with Christ. Seek God's wisdom and then just begin to obey. And obey God in what because I truly believe one of the must do commitments in our life is our giving. A second must do commitment I believe that needs to be a part of our life is saving. You say, Javen, we're not supposed to store up treasures for ourselves, right? But what Jesus was talking about there was more about hoarding. There's a D in that word, hoarding, than saving. Right? When we hoard things in our life. What we're doing is we're saying, I've stopped trusting God's provision and I'm putting more trust in my own ability to obtain, to keep, and to protect myself. Saving is different. Saving is using wisdom to prepare. But the, the Solomon said in Proverbs 21, 20, he said, he said these words, there is precious treasure and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man swallows it up. See, this is why we give first to battle, to battle the mentality of selfishness. We give first, we save second. And Solomon says that the wise person is going to save and have precious treasure and oil in your house. But a foolish person is going to use it all up and not have any when it's needed. Solomon also tells us to learn from the ants who store up in the summer. To prepare for the winter. When you look at the wisdom of Joseph, when he worked his way up through Egypt and the way he got second in charge, it was the wisdom to store up and save during a time of plenty so that you would have during a time of need. It's wisdom. It's using the wisdom of God in your life. And saving is also putting others in mind. Because you're saying, I'm going to save so that I don't have to rely on others using their resources to take care of me. And if I still have resources, I get to bless them as well. It's not just about me. Again, it's about the heart. It's about the heart. See, giving and saving, they protect us. These must-do commitments, I believe, spiritually, they guard us against greed and they guard us against destruction in our life. Two things we're told to guard against. So here's here's what happens. We, We give a percentage first. We save a percentage second. And we live off the rest. We pay those other commitments that we have to pay. If there's commitments in our life that maybe don't have to be commitments, we take those out. And I do want to say, I want you to use wisdom. I in no way, by saying this, want anyone to put themselves and jeopardize themselves financially to lose anything. If you have great debt, you need to use wisdom to get out of that great debt quickly. Okay? Never jeopardize. I'm not up here saying give first, save second. And you jeopardize yourself and your your family and your home. But you do need to put wisdom in place to get out of the debt that you're in as quickly as possible. Debt is... is I don't have the time to take to go into scriptures on debt, but there's scriptures against that as well to guard yourself on. There's some debts we can't avoid in life, but sometimes we go way too deep in debt, credit card debt mainly. But listen, if you're a follower of Christ, we invite God in almost every area of our life. Don't let the false sense of control that you have over your finances keep you from inviting God's wisdom in on that aspect of your life. See, Jesus knew this. That's why, again, he said, you cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve God and you cannot serve money. And the whole reason he did it that way and said it that way was because he knew that man's struggle would often be with the loss of control we have in our own life because of our desire for money. And how much trust and faith we put in how much money we have, rather than how much trust and faith we put in God. And God, Jesus knew this. God knew this. He says, look, you're going to invite me. You, You trust me with your eternity. You trust me with your health. You trust me with your children. You trust me with your job, your joblessness. You trust me with your marriage, your singleness. You trust me in so many areas of your life. Why not trust me with your finances? Remember, we said it and we won. It's not ours. We manage. So if there's anything we should make a plan for, we should plan the things that we've been entrusted to manage. Because it's not ours. Flying by the seat of your britches doesn't pay off. And it's especially not good to do it with someone else's stuff. Plan gives purpose. Planning is the wisdom of God. How we manage our money speaks volumes about who and whose we are. When we shift our perspective from thinking that planning is boring and restrictive to planning is essential and freeing, we become better managers and stewards. We become better at living this life more contently. We begin to live better. We begin to love better. And we begin to find greater and have more purpose in our life. I truly believe that that's the wisdom of God. And we can find the wisdom of God in every aspect of our life. And I believe it's there with our finances too. And it can guard us in every season we go into from stress, from worry, from anxiety, from fear when we trust God and use His wisdom. Stand with me this morning. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for Your Word. And God, there's times when we dive into Your Word and we're looking so much at the depth of it and what it speaks to our life spiritually. And in our growth in You, Father, the practical aspects of your word are true as well. And what it tells me, God, is that even the practical side of our life is spiritual as well. And we have to understand that and know that. So Father, I pray today that you would help us. As we walk out of this room today, that we walk out challenged by your word to to seek wisdom to seek wisdom for every aspect of our life. But if we've never done it before, and if we're struggling to do it now, God, help us to seek wisdom in how we plan our finances. God, if this is a step for us to say, I'm going to put God first by giving a percentage first, saving a percentage second, living off what else you've I have to live off of. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them today to, to live in that biblical wisdom, but help them to to have your wisdom to not jeopardize anything in their life and in their family. But Father, I pray that if they do begin to step out in that faith and follow the scripture and what you have taught us, that Father, that they would see happen what the words of the prophet Malachi said would happen. That as they obey you in these things, the windows of heaven would be open over their life. Father, I just pray that over them today. Give us wisdom for everything. Help us, God, to be good planners and to work hard reflecting you in all we do and know that your blessings will be upon us and that you'll take care of everything we need. We love you, Father. We trust you. We give you praise in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. We pray you have a great week. Again, if you're new, we'd love to connect with you in the lobby this morning. Go be catalyst for Transformation. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccambin.com. Go to our contact page. You'll find a link there to request prayer or send us anything that you would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-803.